Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. <laughs> Welcome to church. Good morning. It's so good to see you. Uh, it's so good to be in God's house. I just love God's church. I love his people. We love you guys. Pastor Jason is ministering at another church today, at Go Church in Thaguna, which um, coincidentally used to be my parents' church. So he's been asked to preach there today while their senior pastor is away, and he's taken Paul with him. So his trusty sidekick Paul is there with him today as well. The message title for this morning is, You Don't Know. You Don't Know. Let me put it another way. You don't know. Let me put it another way. Honey, you don't know. I bet you feel so encouraged right now by that title, but I'm going to explain and I promise you the message is going to unfold for you. But who here likes to know? Who prefers to know? You know, to be in the know, to know what's going on. Come on, be honest or you are control freaks, you OCD people, including me. We like to know. We have our list. You know, I live my life by my sticky notes. I write down the night before what I've got to do the next day. I like to know. Because there's some measure of security, isn't there, and safety in what's known. Let's be honest. We want to know what's happening next. When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? How's it going to unfold? Why, God, why? When, God, when? How, God, how? But however, as Christians, we are called to walk this Christian walk by faith and not by sight, not by what we know, not by what we see, or not by even what we think we know, because the facts don't equal faith. The truth is, we don't know, and even when we do know, it's not always faith. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, it's that scripture that talks about, you know, we see in a mirror dimly. We see in a mirror dimly. The meaning of that is to have an obscure or imperfect vision of reality. Interesting. To have an obscure or imperfect vision of reality. And let's also be real. Sometimes we can know too much, can't we? Sometimes there's things you hear, you can't unhear them once you've heard them and sometimes you wish you didn't know. Am I right? All those women that have had children, isn't it different when you don't know what you're in for the first time you give birth? It's actually not too bad the midwife talks you through it. I mean, you know, you don't know what you're in for so there's no preconceived uh, terror there. But once you know a bit more about the consequence births, it can be a little bit more challenging. What about those people that want to know every gritty detail before they go into surgery? You know those people that tell you all the nitty gritty details and I'm just like, I don't want to know. Just tell me that you know what you're doing. I say to the surgeon and I'm going to be okay. I don't want to know. Or those people that love to track their, their parcels. I don't do a lot of online shopping I've not had great success. My daughters love it. You know those people that track where they, they could tell you exactly where their parcel is at every point along the journey to their house. But you know, we can't track God that way. We can't always track our lives that way. But we must continue to trust God even when we can't track him like those parcels. You know, in order for us to continue to believe God for the impossible, and to believe God for miracles. We must continue to trust in God's will and in his way 
in the day-to-day living. Those uncomfortable, unexpected days, those unseen and unknown days and circumstances. When things don't go the way we thought or the way we planned or the way we think they should have gone. It says in Proverbs 16.9, a man plans his way, but it is God who directs his path. You know, I find this scripture so encouraging personally because it means that tomorrow belongs to God. Tomorrow belongs to God. I don't know if you all know the story. I'm not going to go into all the stories that I mention in detail because there isn't time. But you know, when Moses took his longed-for son Isaac, the child of the promise, and God said to him, I want you to sacrifice Isaac to me. Wow. He went in faith and obedience, but he didn't know what God had planned. He went thinking he was going to have to sacrifice Isaac, his son. He didn't know what God had planned. And I love the part of the story when Isaac asked his dad, this little boy, this long-for child that God had promised Abraham he'd give him in his old age. This little boy asked his dad, Dad, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And I love this. Moses replied and he said, The Lord will provide. Abraham, sorry, thank you for correcting me. I'm thinking Moses. I knew it didn't sound right. Thank you. (laughs) Abraham, he said, The Lord will provide. And there, lo and behold, caught in a bush, In the thicket, the Bible tells us in the story, there was a lamb. And he didn't have to sacrifice his son at all. God provided. And what about Ruth? She didn't know. I got that one right. It's definitely Ruth. (laughs) She didn't know that her her husband was going to die. She didn't know that her father-in-law was going to die. But she follows and is faithful to stay with God through staying with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And she ends up gleaning in a field. Now, she didn't know she was going to be gleaning in the field of her future husband that God was going to provide for her. She was just being faithful in her daily life. She was literally just trying to survive and provide for herself and her mother-in-law by gleaning in the field. Do you know what gleaning is? Gleaning is you follow behind the reapers and you pick up what's left. You pick up what's behind and then you're allowed to keep that for yourself to provide. And you know, I've really felt that some people here today, maybe you feel like you're just gleaning. You're just scraping up what's left. You don't know what's coming up. You don't know what's going on. You're just gleaning. But I want to encourage you. Jacob, I really felt this for you, brother. I want to encourage you. You might feel like you're just gleaning at the moment, but breakthrough is coming, brother. Hold on. And that word is for everyone here today. Your breakthrough is coming. Don't give up. Push through. And remember as well, in times of gleaning, you know, sometimes, personally speaking, I've found myself in a time of gleaning, and it's made me think that God's not with me. That maybe it's something I've done wrong. Maybe it's something I'm not seeing, you know. And sometimes that can be the case. But, you know, just because we're in a season of gleaning, it doesn't mean that God has left us. It doesn't mean that God has left you, church, just because you're in a season of gleaning. I want to speak that over you today. God is still with you, just like he was with, just like he was with Ruth. You know, there she was gleaning in the field, just literally 
as I said, trying to provide. And then boom, Boaz notices her. And the rest is history. Read the story. It's a, it's a beautiful story. She found that God provided for her in that season. And I ask you this, how many things had to happen for that alignment to happen? For Ruth to be in that field at that time on that day when Boaz saw her, to be at the right place at the right time. You know, that song we sing, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Isn't that so true? Church, these stories that I've um, illustrated, they, they show us that we don't always know. We don't always know. And we don't always have to know because God does. God always knows. You know those life experiences that we would call, we would call them coincidences, we would call them delays, we would even call them disappointments at times. Things that we think we missed out of. But I think, hmm, maybe we need a reframe. Maybe we, we need to look at those differently because God is supposed to direct our steps, not us. I want to ask you again, is your faith in other people? Is your faith in the outcome of your circumstances? Is your faith in what you think should have happened? Or is your faith in Jesus? I want to read to you our story this morning. But it's from Mark 5. I'm going to read from verses 21. And it's a story of Jairus. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, And when he saw him, meaning Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed and thronged around them. Going down to verse 35, it says, While Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue. Some came from Jairus' house and said, Your daughter is dead. She's already died, so why trouble the teacher any further? And Jesus heard what they said, and he looked at Jairus, and he said, Do not be afraid, only believe. Now, this is quite a bizarre thing for Jesus to say, isn't it? I mean, the guy's just heard his daughter is dead. She's already died, it's too late. He's come to Jesus, he's asked him to come to his house and pray. And yet Jesus said, Don't be afraid, just believe. Now listen now, I've got something to tell you. God told me to tell you this morning, I believe, that some things that you might think are dead and hopeless, he can resurrect, he can resurrect in your life. All you need to do is to believe. But there's a second part to this. There's a second part. Because some things that you and I, can sometimes so desperately try to keep alive, we're trying to resuscitate them, we've got both hands down on the dummy, I've done that recently, (laughs) my first aid yet again, we're trying to resurrect, we're trying to keep something alive and God is saying, let it die, let me prune it off your life, let it go, stop trying in your own will and in your own strength to keep something alive that is not bearing fruit, God would say, allow me to direct your steps. Do you know it's more important for us as believers to be in alignment with God 
It's more important for us to be in alignment with God than that job or that relationship or that whatever. You fill in your blank for your life. It's more important that we're in alignment with God. Little tip. Here's how to know God's will. It's really not that difficult at times. I know sometimes things can be a little bit grey. But on the whole, it's not that hard to know. Here's how to know. If any person or any job or any hobby or any thought pulls you away from God, then it's not of God. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Just think about those things that draw you away. That person, that whatever, whatever it is. It reminds me of that scripture. I didn't look it up, but you can. Beware the little foxes that steal the grapes. It's never or often the big things. It can be the little things line upon line that begin to seep in and make us bitter or take us away from God. You know, reevaluate church. What is really the most important thing? What is really the most important thing? What's most important enough to spend your time on, your energy, your emotions on? Because it's important to evaluate these things. You know, because with God, all things are possible. What you and I think is plan B or a loss can actually become better than our original plan A. Who knows that's true? Who's experienced that? I have. Come on, be honest. So many times we think, I thought this. I thought it was going this way and it went this way. And oh my gosh. And that ends up being such a blessing to you. There's things you didn't know about that situation that God did. Remember, we see in a mirror dimly. But God always has the big picture. And I know that you've heard me say this before. But it's something that I cannot get away from. Because it's the truth. Disappointment will either drive you to faith or destroy you and take you into depression. And let me tell you another let me tell you another little thing that I hear said often and I've struggled with it and I've realized why. I've got a bit of a revelation on it, I think maybe for me anyway. You know that saying that time heals all wounds? It sounds correct. But you know, it's not actually it ain't necessarily so. It ain't necessarily so that just because time passes that your wounds will be healed. Because God requires us to choose healing. God requires us to make a decision to be healed and to forgive and to move into into the new and away from the old. It ain't just going to happen because the calendar ticks on, because time ticks over. That's a word I wanted to speak to you today. About six weeks ago, roughly... God really started to challenge me personally. He said, I listened to some podcast, I can't even remember what it was. But God said to me, Trina, you have become too comfortable. You've gotten comfortable. And I felt a deep conviction about it because I knew it was true. <laughs> and guess what? I like my comfort zone. This is the girl that gets into her pajamas if she doesn't have to go out again. Once I get home from work, if I don't have to go out, I don't care what time it is, it could be four o'clock, I'm having a shower, I'm getting in my jammies. So don't knock on my door. (laughs) Or give me a text first so I can run in and change. I like my comfort zone. I like my comfort zone. That's, That's me. 
And he spoke to me from Isaiah 43, 19, that famous scripture that we all know. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It will spring forth. And he said to me, can't you see it, Trina? Can't you see it? I'm doing something new. And I said, oh, Lord, not again. Not again. Because change can be so uncomfortable, can't it? It can be so uncomfortable. It can be so inconvenient. And I want to ask you, church, can you see it? Can you see that God is doing a new thing? Church as we know it, or church as we knew it, is changing. It's already changed. You may as well know it's not the same, and it's not never going to be the same again. Not only us as a local church, but globally, the church has changed. Dare I say it, since the pandemic, everything has changed that we know. Everything has changed, including the church. But the good news is that God already knew it beforehand. And God knows it now. And he's using it to get his last day's church ready. It's just been a catalyst. It's not been a shock to God, but it's a catalyst for change. It's all part of God's timing and it's all part of God's plan for his church across the earth. The Bible doesn't say, unfortunately, in the Beatitudes, that blessed are the comfortable. It would be nice if that was in there. I may have added it if I'd written them, but it's not. Change is inevitable. Nothing ever stays the same. And that can be really hard. <laughs> I don't like it, but it's true. And you know what? I was asking God about it. And he said, Trina, it's especially true the longer you walk with me. The longer we persevere in our faith, the longer we persevere in our faith, church, the more we're going to see change, the more we're going to see the church change, the more we will see people come and go, the more we will see people, you know, come to know God and some will fall away from God. That's just going to be part of enduring to the end. You know, it just is, it's a, just a practical little example. But, you know, at the moment we don't have cafe. We used to have lattes. We used to have that going on after church. We, we currently don't have that happening. But really, is it really the most important thing that you don't get your cappuccino now when you come to church? You know, some people are like, oh, not in our church, I know, but in other places. If I don't come to church and I can't get my cappuccino, well oh my gosh, I need my caffeine to hear the word of God. Here's a, here's a thought. Go out for coffee after church with someone to a cafe and sit and have a chat and shout them a latte if you really need your caffeine. Discuss what you got out of the message. It's really interesting to me in the Bible, you know that story where the beautiful friends lower their mate down on the bed in front of Jesus to get his healing. It's interesting to me that Jesus says to him, his words, Jesus' words to that guy aren't, you have received your healing. He said, your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. And everyone was <gasps> shocked. How could he say your sins are forgiven? And he didn't even talk about his healing. That shows me that it's more important to God that we're saved, that our sins are forgiven first. And then you'll get your healing afterwards, maybe, Hopefully, I believe Jesus heals. But the point is, the most important thing is not our cappuccino, double shot, extra hot, 
skinny latte that I like. But it's that people are saved, that you come to church and you hear the word of God and that you get something out of it. And if you have to go somewhere after church for your latte, God bless you. Shout somebody on the way. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this. I am going to read this from the word. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, that he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river, and it will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Will not be anxious. So don't freak out. Don't get your freak on. You know that song, get your freak on. We don't have to get our freak on. God is stable. He knows. He knows that lettuces are costing $5 now. I like lettuce. I like celery. Just buy lettuce and celery. It costs you 10 bucks. He knows petrol's going up. He knows interest rates are going up. But blessed is the man and the woman and the children and the youth whose hope is in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord, who will not be anxious in the drought. Let's go back to that Matthew 5 story. Matthew 5, 37, I'm going to read from. And Jesus would not, he didn't permit anyone to follow him into the room except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house, he came to Jairus' house. Remember, he said to him, don't be afraid. We know your daughter's dead, but don't be afraid. So he came to the house and he saw a a tumult of those who wept and wailed loudly. And he came and he said, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he put them all out of the room, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and he entered where the child was lying and he took her by the hand and he said, Talitha kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked. And she was 12 years of age and they were overcome with great amazement. Jairus received his miracle because he believed. Because he believed. Because he believed. And you will receive your miracle when you believe. When you believe. A random question this morning. Are you a cucumber person or a pickle person? The interesting thing about pickles is that in their former life, they were a cucumber. Did you know this? You put the cucumbers, apparently, I've not done it personally, but you put them in the jar with the vinegar and the water. And by submerging them and soaking them, the cucumber completely transforms somehow into a pickle. Once it's been submerged in the vinegar mix, even if you take it out of the jar, it remains a pickle. It's been completely changed. Church, this can be likened to how our lives ought to be. Become as followers and disciples of Jesus, committed believers who profess him as Lord, fully submerged in him, in his Holy Spirit, all in, transformed and completely changed. How do we become fully submerged? One of the keys to building our faith is found in Romans 10, 17. And I shared it last week around our kids' church. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, what you and I hear will affect 
what we believe. The reason I bring this up this morning is that it's so important to know what we are listening to. If you have heard all your life that God is for you, that you can make it, then you will begin, you have faith to believe God. If you have heard all your life that you are useless or hopeless or not smart enough, the chances are that you will have negative faith. That is what you will have faith in. Today, let's be mindful of who and what we listen to. Amy Grant used to sing a song I used to love. You've got to know who to and not to listen to. There are many voices out there, church. There are many voices out there. This is why I brought it around our kids' church last week. Our kids hear so much at school. There's many voices out there. It's really important to position them in kids' church where they're hearing the Word of God, where they're hearing the right influences. You know, in the story of Jairus, let's go back there again. We read in verse 37 that Jesus... Before he went into the room to raise this girl from the dead, he permitted no one, it says in verse 37, to follow him except men of faith, Peter, James and John, the brother of James. It says he put everyone else out of the room, the other voices. It says in verse 40 that he saw a tumult in the room who were making a commotion and he said, and when he said to them, why are you making the commotion? She's not dead asleep. They laughed at him and they said scornful things to Jesus. This perfectly illustrates the importance of who we allow to speak to us. Jesus put them out of the room. He went in with men of faith and he raised the daughter from the dead. Perfect examples of the importance of who we allow to speak over us, into our lives and what we listen to. We must also be aware of our own confession, especially in times of uncertainty and pressure. When the heat is turned up, because there's power in our confession, that that God-given right is given to us by God. He spoke the world into being. And as his children, we have that same prophetic power in our confession. Your words will code your life and they will affect those around you. So let's tune in to God's voice. Tune in to his wisdom, position ourselves, position our families in church, in youth group, in kids' church. Speak faith and exemplify it in our homes and to each other as brothers and sisters, especially, the Bible says, as the day is drawing near to Christ's return. Now is not the time to quit or give up. Romans 13, 11 reminds us that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. In 1 John 4, it instructs us to test the spirits, to see whether they are from God or not. I love to study spiritual teachings, and a lot of them have some great values. They have some great insight. But let me tell you, they are not the absolute truth if they leave out Jesus Christ. Don't be deceived. Be wise and discerning. When you hear things that sound good, They even can sound biblical. Oh, yeah, that's in the Word of God. That sounds okay. Let me give you an example. A common one is the universe has your back. The universe has your back. Sounds good. Sounds biblical. Sounds okay. Reminds me of that scripture that talks about in Romans 1.25. They worship the creation rather than the creator. But they neglect the actual full truth of that statement. It should say, 
the God, the creator God of the universe, he's the one that's actually got your back. But they leave God out of it. Creator God has your back. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through him. Not through Mary, not through the angels, only through one name. And that name is Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting to me that in all the near-death experiences that I've ever heard, and there's a lot of them out there, (laughs) it's interesting to me that every single one of them, even people that aren't believers, they all are guided by the angels and they meet Jesus. None of them ever say, no one has ever come back and said that I've heard of So don't quote me on that, that I have heard up to this point. No one has ever said, I saw Buddha. Buddha greeted me. Muhammad greeted greeted me. No one. Everyone has said they saw Jesus or they knew that Jesus was there or the love, the love they knew. They knew it was Jesus, even when they're not believers. It's interesting to me. And as I close today, I just want to invite you that if you don't know Jesus... I'm pretty sure that everyone in the building here does today. But if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. You can receive him. All you have to do is pray and invite him into your heart. Ask him to give you the faith to believe in him. Ask him to give you the faith to follow him with all your heart, with all your mind. And put your trust in him as we've read this morning. Don't be afraid. Only believe. God is with you, church. And... Remember, you don't know. You don't know. But God does. The good news is God does. Why don't you stand? I just want to pray a blessing over you. I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that it will go into our hearts, Lord, and it will bear fruit. I pray, Lord, that we take from today what it is that you are speaking to us. Help us to be adaptable to change. Help us, Lord, to move forward into the new. Help us not to be afraid, even when we don't know what's next. We thank you that you know our lives are in your hands. We commit our lives afresh into your hands this morning. In Jesus' name. Save us afresh today, Lord. Come into our hearts afresh today. We know that we are daily saved. And we thank you, Lord, that your return is near. And I pray, Lord, for each of my brothers and sisters that we will be found ready, Lord. We'll be found ready. We'll be found those of those who persevere to the end to be saved in Jesus' name. I pray a blessing over every person here today. I pray that you'll meet every need, every need according to your riches and glory. I pray healing over everyone who's sick at home right now with COVID or or who is unwell. Send forth your healing power, Lord, in Jesus' name to every person. I thank you, God, that you love your church, that your church is your bride and that she is perfect in your sight. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name that you are with us. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.